Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. Welcome to the Summer Super 2 Geeks podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, Jamie and I will be talking about everything from the official teaser trailer to Amy and the Wasp, Quantumanium, to thoughts on the newest episode of Star Wars Ender, and much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. That's when I back out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or podcasts I listen to. How are you today, Jamie? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. I got this week has kind of been interesting, and also I may might be well. It's almost the end of spooky season, which is sad. And I'm I'm I'm, I, I'm still in favor of extending it, extending it, y'all. Just <laughs> yeah. I, I just <laughs> I'm not ready for it to end because now I got to focus on Christmas. I know that's coming up soon. Yeah. Now I'm just like, okay, maybe not that extreme, but like still. I know. Although, yeah. Although I've seen a couple of things and yeah. And this week honestly has been interesting, which I'm, let, let's, let's just jump into it because this week has been very interesting in news. Sounds good. So our first topic of the day, we got an official teaser trailer to Ant-Man the Watch, Quantum Mania, the synopsis reads, in the film, which officially kicks off Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, superhero partners Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd, and Hope Van Dyne, played by Evangeline Lilly, return to continue their Avengers Day and Batman the Wasp, together with, the, with Hope's parents, Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, and Janet Van Dyne, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. The family finds themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that will push them beyond the limits of what they thought, thought was possible. Directed by Peyton Reed, who hung the first two movies, Randy's going to Rick and Morty writer Jeff Loveless, who will also be writing the Avengers King of the Dynasty. And in addition to Rudd, Lily, Douglas, and Pfeiffer, the film stars Catherine Newton as Kesseling, a.k.a. Statue, Bill Murray, and Jonathan Majors as Kane the Conqueror. The film is set to be released on February 17th, 2023. So, I'm not gonna lie, after I, after I saw the trailer, I immediately got, um, yeah, goodbye, yellow brick road. Stuck yeah. in my head on a loop. Yeah, I'm very worried for Scott. I'm not gonna lie. I'm very worried, and like, I like don't hit, old, don't hit old world's greatest grandma. God, 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 John from Majors. Yeah, I'm not gonna be. I've seen people saying this online, but I'm not gonna be surprised if, if Scott doesn't make it out of this one. Um, oh, I, I just have a feeling. because yep. this is gonna be our first like. Our first experience full on with King. We got a little bit at the end of Loki, but that was more mm-hmm. of like setup mm-hmm. um, and exploration and all that stuff. This is going to be the first time we're going to see somebody try to like go against him. Jeez. So, so it's, 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 um, yeah, it's not going to be fun, guys. So, see, I don't think it's going to be Scott. I think it's going to be Van Dines. I mean, that's possible. I could just probably, it's definitely like somebody's not making out of this movie. So yeah, so I'm not gonna be surprised with either one of them. I can see it being either one, uh, but if they really want to push Cassie forward, then I can see it being Scott. Ooh, yeah. So yeah, no, it's just yeah. No, this this one, I can already tell by the goddamn goodbye, yellow brick road. Yeah, God, like goddamn, like I feel like that's, I feel like a sure sign of like a different tone is just like. Putting Elton John's goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Which is a somber song to begin with in general. 
that's maybe why I had it stuck in my head. Because no joke, I've had this song stuck in my head for like the last couple of days, and it's just it, it drives me nuts. I feel you. I feel you. But yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic, uh, we got an official trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy special. As uh, synopsis reads, in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, the Guardians who are on a mission uh, to make Christmas unforgettable for Quill, head to Earth in search of the perfect present. Uh, written and directed by James Gunn, the special stars Chris Pratt, Dave Batista, Karen Gillian, Tom Clementif, Clementif, uh, Marina Blackanova as the voice of Cosmo, featuring Vin Diesel as Groot and Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Sean Gunn, and the old 97s with Michael Rooker and Kevin Bacon. The special is set to drop on Disney Plus November 25th. <laughs> As much as I, as much as I'm like, okay, we don't promote Chris, we don't promote Christmas until after Thanksgiving. I'm willing to give this an exception because this was just, this was too goddamn funny. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It's gonna mm. be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and also just some trying to steal Kevin Bacon. It's gonna be ridiculous, man. <laughs> I don't even know. It's just gonna be wild. Yeah. Also, I recognize the street they were at because I think they were filming in LA a little bit, and that's Hollywood and Highland. And I'm just like, oh lord, uh, oh lord. It's like right on, like right across the street from the El Capitan. So, oh, uh, very cool. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Honestly, just, Sounds I feel good. like between this and Volume Three, I feel like this is gonna be James Gunn's swan song. In terms of leaving the MCU, which mm-hmm. now we'll talk actually, about in a second, which we'll talk about in a second, because uh, holy shit, I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, no, no, I don't know, though, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in for this. I'm in for this, obviously, and stuff. And I'm just, <laughs> my God, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I know it's gonna be funny. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. Anyway, moving on to our next topic, and one that, again, we did not see, I don't think anyone saw coming, uh, mm-hmm. and this is from THR reports that filmmaker James Gunn, yes, this, this dude again, and Peter, um, producer Peter Safran, who has produced films just as Shazam, Aquaman, and Guns of Suicide Squad, and TV show spin-off Peacemaker, just to name a few, have been tapped to lead DC's film, television, anime efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios, a newly formed division at Warner Brothers that will replace DC Films, thus ending the studio's search and finding a hen-hon show like Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige. According to the exclusive, Gunn will focus on the creative side of things, while Safran will focus on the business side and production side. Both are expected to continue to direct and produce projects, respectively. Uh, they report to David Zaslov and work closely with Warner's film bosses Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi uh, with Guns and Safran Steel set the last four years with the goal to be producers, but to truly function as executives, as Gunn will even occasionally hone, hone a movie. Uh, the only exception to this is that Gunn and Saffron will not handle anything regarding Joker 2, for which Michael DeLuca mm-hmm. has ever seen, or anything involving Matt Reeves with Batman, which includes the second sequel, which is separately released in 2025, or the multiple TV show spinoffs. Uh, everything else, though, will be under Gunn's and Saffron's purview. But how did this all come to be? Well, according to the exclusive, the initial overture to Saffron and Gunn came from DeLuca over the summer, even as the studio was in shaky talks with producer Dan Lin to take the job. In a statement, Gunn and Saffron said, we are honored to be the stewards of the DC characters we've loved ever uh, since we were children. Uh, we look forward to collaborating with the most talented writers, directors, and actors in the world 
to create a integrated multi-layered universe that still allows for the individual expression of the artist involved. Our commitment to, to Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Harley Quinn, and the rest of the DC stable of characters is only equaled by our commitment to the wonder of, of, possibi- of human possibilities characters represent. Decided to integrate the theatrical experience around the world as we tell some of the biggest, most beautiful, and grandest stories ever told. So, okay. Um, this was not on the cards. Mm-hmm. And I was, when I saw the headline, I was like, wait, wait, wait what the? Wait, wait, what? Like, it was last, a bit of a shock. Yeah, no, no. And like last week, we literally talked about how, like, oh, he's just doing a secret movie. We didn't know he was going to be running the whole damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't even know what else to really say. It's just going to be, I mean, yeah. DZ found its guys. We'll see if it ends up working out. Yeah, no. Uh, all, all, all I have stuck in my head is the Peacemaker theme song, which yeah. I, I mm, we're going to really need to sit down and have a discussion about this because it's called Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I will. I will hold your hand in, in case you, if you want to watch, have someone to watch it with you. I we'll see. We'll see how how I'm feeling. I just um, I have. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. That's all I can really say. I don't even know. James Gunn is a very talented director and and writer and everything, so I think he'll do a very good job. I still have conflicting feelings about the stuff that from earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, and I, I will say this, as much as I'm, like, ecstatic and happy about the news, um, I am a bit concerned about uh, a certain Zavlop in the room, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm seriously concerned about him, but especially given, and we'll talk about this later, but, like, especially given that they're going to be doing some write-downs, and we'll talk about this later. <sighs> still remains- just, it'll be interesting, I mean, I, with James Gunn, he has experience filmmaking, Mm-hmm. he's obviously a very big nerd so like I don't doubt that he doesn't know his stuff and he's very talented writer so I think I don't know very much about the other guy to be honest with you he's, pr- he's produced a lot of stuff including some recent stuff I think mm-hmm. if anything he'll hold um he'll deal with Zafloff and anyone else ah okay that he'll makes de- sense he'll, he'll deal with Zafloff so that way Gun can like help the creatives and stuff that makes sense that makes a lot of sense yeah so in other words I'm I'm really happy about this news. Again, mm-hmm. I did not see this coming, but I'm like, holy shit. I and mean, like, it's, despite all of the weirdness behind it, I think it's, he's a very talented dude. Like, they're going to be, I think mm-hmm. they might have something here if they can just let him do his thing. That's going to be the question if they just let him do his thing. So. But yeah, no, it's just, I, yeah, no, I, I've, I have still got some concerns, but like, at this point, I'm just, I'm just thinking happy, and I was I'm thinking happy for Gun right now. Like he's kind of winning right now. Yeah. Between, and also, like on a side note, like the man just got married this year. He has a successful TV show. He's ending his run with the MCU peacefully with the holiday special volume three. Like he's just winning. Yeah, he's gonna end well with the um because we haven't seen a trailer. Well, unless you went to Comic Con, nobody's really seen a trailer for Guardians three yet. Mm-hmm. volume three so um but 
it's probably going to be very good because the other two were very good. So we'll just have to see. Makes sense. I I I think that's where I did not know David Tennant was coming back. I I know that he had the he was coming back for like the sixtieth anniversary with with Donna. I'm assuming. Um, but I didn't know he was gonna gonna come back for other stuff to do in Doctor Who. So I'm pretty excited, honestly. I think the special might be a three-parter. That makes sense. And then we go into Gatwa and stuff. And honestly, I'm just, I, well, first off, unfortunately, it does mean, for at least those that watch BBC America, uh, this does mean that the show will be leaving BBC America. Mm. So there's that. But the fact that it's going to be on Disney Plus, which, surprised, which honestly really surprised me, because mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you know this or not. Like, previously, it was on, at least in the, in, at least in the States, The show was on HBO Max. Really? It was. Oh wow! I didn't know that. At least, at least in the states, or at least uh, it, like you know, it they have the streaming rights, which means, when, mm -hmm. which means they must have let them lapse. Which I'm, mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, oh god damn, you sounds off. Yeah. It just, but hey, it's a win for Disney. Yeah, I guess. Just, and, I just and, remember it being on Netflix for the longest time, and that's where I watched Doctor Who. So, that's fair. yeah, fair. it's been a while since I've caught up, so I'm not caught up at all. Like, I don't yeah. think I've watched Capaldi. I haven't watched any of um, Whitaker. Yeah, I haven't seen her either. Yeah, no, so. no. and uh, I I haven't either. Um, because again, my first Doctor was Matt Smith, so I I've been. So the last two doctors I haven't been really looking at, but like I definitely might be coming back for the sixtieth. I mean, just... it's good. Like I like watching the specials because at least it's like they're fun and you can kind of just go in there and just kind of enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, if they want people to get back into it, this is a good move because every... mm -hmm. Tenet is extremely popular. He's a lot of people's favorites, so mm -hmm. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I even showed my sister a, the clip of there's a clip at the end of the last episode of him of mm -hmm. the regeneration of him turning back into tenant, mm -hmm. and she was like, "If he's back, I'm gonna catch up. I'm gonna watch it again." <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be exciting.
Yeah, no, it, it definitely will be. And also with like Davies back and stuff, which means mm-hmm. we're even going back to like Tenet Round. I'm, I'm just like, I'm very curious about this. This is like something that like, I'm just, I'm overall very curious and I'm curious to see how it pans out. Yeah. And stuff. So, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely in for this. Um, anyway, moving on to our next topic, and this is a big one, y'all. Uh, an exclusive from Deadline, HBO Watchmen creator David Lindelof is developing a new Star Wars film uh, for Lucasfilm with Miss Marvel director Shermin Obadiah Chinoy um, being set as director with Lindelof set to be co-writing the project. And on to that point, actually, we got a follow-up exclusive from THR that delves more into Deadline's exclusive. Uh, according to Dem, the project has been in the works for months with Lindelof set to be writing the upcoming film. Um, with it just to see with the film just be kind of a standalone with a potential for future sequels. Um, but his co-writing partner is Justin Britt Gibson, an executive story editor on Gamal del Toro's Empire Dragon the Strain. In addition, a writer's room began after this year's Star Wars Celebration, only a two-week session in July that consisted of Lindelof, Brett Gibson, uh, Patrick Som- Somerville, who worked with Lindelof on HBO's The Leftovers and then went on to create the buzzy uh, Station Eleven, uh, Raina, Raina McClinnan, uh, consultant producer on Lucasfilm's own Obi-Wan Kenobi and writer on the company's upcoming Willow series, and Andy Greenwald, creator of the, two, of the 2019 Rosario Dawson crime drama Briar Patch, for which McClendon was a story editor on, among a couple of other writers. Also, Dave Filoni, protege of Star Wars creator George Lucas, uh, may have also been present. As for some story details, the potential film would take place after the events of 2019's The Rise of Skywalker, although the exclusive stressed that it would not be a continuation of the Skywalker saga, it could, however, feature characters from the sequel trilogy. Interesting. So, this is very interesting all around. Dave Filoni might be involved. That makes me more optimistic, because I like Dave Filoni has a very good grasp on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's... Pretty interesting. I, I I don't know what else to really say. I mean, the, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, no, no. I, for me, when it comes to like Lindelof, I've actually changed my tune on him because I used to really not like him. Um, mm-hmm. HBO Watchmen was the thing that like kind of like realized, oh, okay, he's actually a decent writer. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious, especially with this writer's room and stuff. And just like, and especially with them, especially with the film just being a standalone, essentially a standalone, but the option for future sequels. Okay. And also, you know, we might get some sequel trilogy characters back. That'd be kind of interesting. I don't know if it's going to be like Ray, Finn, or Poe, although... Probably not, to be honest with you guys. Prob- probably not. Unless although- unless Disney works over a ton of money, I really can't see any of them coming back, especially um, John Boyega. I, I, think yeah. Bo- I think Boyega's done. Um, Daisy Ridley might be in the wings. Um, Oscar actually just recently changed his tune mm-hmm. and said, "Like, hey, if it gets if it's in script, come, I'll come back." It's so, possible. I don't know. So, but yeah, no, I'm like my guess is probably that like Maz Kanata or something comes comes in. Yeah, I, I just feel like it wouldn't be the main the main three of them yeah. coming back. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah. 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 No. No. I. 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 Can't, I. Yeah. But yeah. No. I. I can't see it either. But yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm very much interested in this because this is like the first like Star Wars like project that like, or at least the first Star Wars movie project that we've had news on for a while because it seems like for a very for a while it seems like they're going to be in the TV sphere. Yeah, I feel like 
they've been doing pretty good in the TV sphere, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, it'll be interesting. They, I definitely think after Rise of Skywalker, they needed a break from the movies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, not too surprised. But Yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Anyway, moving on to our second last topic of the day. Uh, exclusive from THR reports that HBO's Max's long in development Green Lantern series is getting redeveloped with the project going through a creative overhaul with now the character John Stewart being the lead as opposed to Guy Garner, who was set to be played by War Horse star Jeremy Ivory, and Alan Scott, who was set to be played by Finn Whitrock. In addition to the lead change, writer and showrunner Seth Graham Green uh, has departed the series after completing scripts for a full eight season of eight episodes with Green with Graham Smith choosing to leave after weathering a number of regime changes at HBO Max, his parent company and producers and producers Warner Brothers Television and now DC Comics. It's also worth noting um, that the Green Lantern creative overhaul it has nothing to do with James Gunn and Pierce Safford being tapped as CEOs of DC Studios. Heck, they don't even start their jobs until November 1st. Rather, it all comes down to budget, as originally the show's budget was going to be at $120 million, uh, $120 million. Uh, for comparison, the Game of Thrones spinoff House of Dragon cost less than $200 million. Uh, the show's budget going forward is expected to be significantly less, as HBO Max under David Zaslav's combined Warner Bros. Discovery is focusing on right seeing its various assets with WB, WBD, actually. Revealing this week that it expects to take $2 billion to $2.5 in tax write-downs related to content. The, previously, the eight previously completed Green Lantern scripts are expected to be included in those tax write-downs. God damn it. As for Whitrock and Ivory, neither remains signed on to Green Lantern as the original iteration of the series was supposed to start shooting sometime last year, but now the project is on a slower, more HBO, uh, HBO-like development track under HBO head Casey Boyce and Warner Bros. Television topper Channing Dunham. So, freaking text right off mother. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer, but I'm glad that we're getting John Stewart instead of the other guys, to be honest with you. I'm happy about that. That I that That I can is that what should have been the case in the beginning, to be honest. probably. Uh, you're you're not you're not lying. You're not. You really aren't. Because, Um. like, to be like to be honest, I don't know very much about Green Lantern, Mm -hmm. like at all. Um. I know very, very, very little. I can't even think of the main guy's name right now. That wasn't even going to be. Hal Jordan. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, the budget thing, I think, was the biggest worry for the show because it's going to be very CGI heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's with his, with Green Lantern's power set. So, yeah. I mean... Makes sense that they're trying to cut the budget. Uh, that kind of sucks because it kind of needs a good budget to be good. They're going to need good CG.I. because the C this is the show that if
in that point. Yeah, that does suck. I, I do feel bad for them. I do. And just, just fucking Zavloff. I know. We'll see if all of his freaking weird tax write-off moves help, but we'll have to see. I, a part of me is just like, what are you trying to do? Are you really trying to get a prime? Well, actually, I, I kind of looked into it a bit more, and it seems like they might be getting a prime for a sale. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. We'll have to just we'll just have to see this. Warner's is in a whole freaking mess right now, so it just it just sucks. So especially for a project like this, it's just it's going to be very tough. Yeah, no, no. and yeah, and again, like if they, you, you got to spend money to make money, dude. I know, but they have no. The thing is, is that they only could release two movies this year. Oh, and the, so like if you think about it that way, they must not have a lot of money to spend in the grand scheme of things. So, I'm just it like, sucks. How, how much are you in debt? Apparently a lot. Apparently a lot. I guess I don't like, know. Like, did you just gamble a lot in Vegas, and that's how? And like, the bookies are not coming at you. I don't know. He's supposed to be a businessman, so we'll see if he knows what he's doing. I I, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just a whole freaking mess, and it's all money. So good but, thing is that we're gonna get John Stewart now, which is gonna yeah. be very cool. But. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's 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 the one. That's one good thing about this. Although, mm-hmm. yeah. Now I have money, money, money by Abba stuck in my head. <laughs> money, money, money. Have this money in a rich man's world. All right, moving on to our final topic today. And this is some rumor mill, y'all. So take it with a grain of salt. According to the site Coffin Circle, uh, Marvel Studios is indeed developing a Silver Surfer solo project with the project to be a special presentation, AA, like World by Night. According to the article, the project will feature Norn Rad as Galactus is hurled out in the far corners of the cosmos. Rad will not be on Earth during his presentation and will not interact with any of the cosmic characters already established in the MCU, with the main influence for this project being Netflix's The Sandman. Additionally, the article also states that the special presentation will be released a few months before the Fantastic Four premiere in February 2025. And while there has been changes in the schedule, uh, the article stresses that the special must be released before the film, although when asked why, they weren't really given an answer. So Hmm. this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Very, very much so. And again, if they're going to continue with the special presentation, I'm liking this idea of the special presentations. I think it's going to make sense. It gives them... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be very... It's actually kind of a cool idea mm-hmm. um, for it. So I think it'll be... Yeah, I think it's kind of a smart move when they need to do stuff kind of beforehand, mm-hmm. but they don't need to do like a full show run. You know, mm-hmm. they could do these little mm-hmm. one-off presentations and stuff. And I feel like it could be more creative and stuff because I've heard... I haven't seen Werewolf by Night yet, but... I've heard that it's very creative and a lot of people really like it and it's one of the more creative things Marvel's done. So. I, I I will be I will suck into that and say that yes, it is. And it's really good. And mm-hmm. you should definitely check it out and stuff. And but yeah, no, no it's just uh, the thing that like really interests me that this is that the main influence is gonna be Netflix's Sandman, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um and then also the fact that this that the, apparently this has to be released before the film, which makes me wonder, are we getting Galactus and the Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four movie? Potentially. Potentially. I, they're definitely 
Fantastic Four, when they come onto the scene, are going to be a huge part of this upcoming section of Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel it because, like, I feel like because they Marvel knows how attached people are to these characters, so mm-hmm. and stuff. So I think it's going to be, yeah, it should be pretty interesting. I, it makes sense though, because like if. I don't know, remember very much, but I do know that the Silver Surfer was a big part of the second movie. Don't remember very much, so I know he's like connected to them in some way. Yeah, so, no, he's like, wise. like he comes like before to like inspect planets that like um, Galactus winds up winds up absorbing and stuff. Oh, okay, interesting. So there's that, but yeah, no, I'm I'm very curious about this and stuff. It just, yeah, no, I'm I'm in, I'm in, I'm in for this, yeah. Anyway, moving on to recommendations of the week. Uh, so I saw the newest episode of Andor, episode eight. Overall, I thought this episode was pretty good. Like, seriously, this is probably, I think, one of the best written Star Wars shows so far. Cool. And it's just really good. Um, loving the juxtaposition between Cassian, uh, Mon Matha, and Lutheran, so in Starscarts character storyline and how it connects with the other character storylines. Also, there's some surprise cameos from certain actors that have technically already been in Star Wars. Um, I won't say who they are, but like, I but as soon as I saw one actor, I'm like, "Holy shit, you're in this!" Mm-hmm. Uh, That's funny. No, I am curious to see where this arc will go and how it will conclude and stuff. But all in all, episode eight of Andrew was pretty dang good. Cool. So, so another one of my recommendations. So, I saw Black Adam last week. Mm-hmm. It was fun. In a turn-your-brain-off sort of way with director Jermaine Collette-Sierra and company, specifically the effects department and cinematographer um, Lauren Shear created some insane action sequences and set pieces. As for performances, the setup was obviously Dwayne Johnson as he managed to sideway away from his usual persona for a bit as a titular character. Along with Johnson, the JSA, uh, which includes Alice Hodges Hawkman, uh, Timothy Dalton's Dr. Fate, Quintessa's Windows Cyclone, and Noah Centina's as Smasher were nice highlights with Dalton being the standard of the super team and having great chemistry with Hodge. That being said, though, the rest of the film was kind of a mess with the script feeling like it needed another pass and the pacing feeling like frantic and rush. Additionally, um, and this is actually going to kind of contrast with other people's opinion, and I like the composer, by the way. Um, Lauren, uh, composer Lauren Balfe's score feels like a hodgepodge of different scores ranging from like Man of Steel to even Pacific Rim at times. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, Black Adam was a film that had a lot, a lot of good in it, from the insane action to the performances from Johnson Company, but also a lot of bad, from the inconsistent mm-hmm. spreads, rush pacing, and hot rush score. I would still give the movie a recommendation if you're in the mood to turn your brain off or mm-hmm. turn your brain off. Somewhere else. And as for the after credit scene, yeah, it was cool. I'm glad we got Henry back officially. Uh, mm-hmm. But personally, and this is just my own personal opinion, but I feel like Black Adam needs to be in a future Shazam, whether that's Shazam 3 or a post-credit scene for Shazam 2, probably for Shazam 3. Because uh, I feel like his lore is more connected with Shazam than Soups and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, and I wouldn't mind even Soups being like Shazam 3 and stuff and have that be kind of like Shazam and Soups versus Black Adam and stuff. I wouldn't mind that. But mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are clamoring for just a Black Adam uh, versus Superman movie. And I'm just like, well, I kind of want to see it more with Shazam. More with Shazam because I feel like his lore is connected with that. Um, Zachary Levi versus uh, I'm more interested in seeing Zachary Levi versus Dwayne Johnson. That would be pretty funny to be honest. 
It's just, it's just, especially with like his all Dwayne's all serious demeanor and like, and like, and like Zachary Lee like just making jokes. Yeah. And stuff, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much more curious about that and stuff, and just, but overall, like, I dug it. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I definitely also had issues with the movie, especially as I kind of walked up the theater. And the more hours I thought about, the more it kind of like falls apart script wise. So yeah, mm. yeah. And as for my final recommendation, I saw a good movie. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean it like that. But like I did see a pretty uh, or overall great movie. One that's probably gonna be in my top five of the year. So I saw the Banshees of Air Shine and I thought it was great. For those unfamiliar, the film follows two best friends played by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason, whose friendship winds up at cross at a crossroads when one of them doesn't want to speak to the other anymore. Hmm. Uh, while his previous film, Three Billboards Across Ebbing, Missouri, was pretty good, this is definitely a return to form for writer and director uh, Martin McDonnell, who creates a compelling story out of a very silly premise, mind you. Uh, Performance-wise, everyone's great. Both Farrell and Gleason have amazing chemistry with the other. Also supporting players, Carrie Condon and Barry Keenigan are also major highlights. Definitely bringing a ton of personality to the world. Additionally, the cinematography for director of photography, uh, Ben Davis, who previously done the cinematography films such as Kick Ass, The First Guardians of the Galaxy, and Eternals, was not only striking, but mixed in with composer Curtis Burwell's swelling but melancholy sport. It's beautiful, with Davis giving us these sweeping shots of Ireland. Um, and but overall, uh, with some great performances from the cast, it's well into middle class score, some beautiful borderlining on play career best cinematography and a compelling story. Uh, the Banshees of Mary Shine is definitely one of McDonald's best films since 2008's In Bruges, and it is one I definitely recommend seeing. Cool, cool, yeah, yeah. Do you have any recommendations for us before we close out? Uh, no, just been listening to Taylor's new album. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, I knew, I knew. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's talk about that for a second because I've listened to it. It's well. it's very very good. Um, she's crazy, guys. You don't know what else. <laughs> I didn't plan to stay up until freaking midnight that night. I really didn't. I was staying up till nine. My plan was to stay up till ten thirty. Mm-hmm. Listen to the album once and then go to bed. Not end up happening. Um, but she she's good. I really enjoy it. I think it's a good mix of. 1989 mm-hmm. and rep and then a little bit of red like mm-hmm. uh, like i think it's a good combo of those three i i see that combo i see that combo like oh i eventually need to do a ranking of like her albums and because like i've conflicted mm-hmm. a little bit I, I don't know which one would be my favorite because i go through these moods of mm-hmm. like I really like this album, but then I mm-hmm. then this mm-hmm. one pops up mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So it's just I don't know where we land on my ranking yet. It's definitely going to be kind of high because I do I do like Lavender Haze is such a good opening. Yes, song. yes, yes. I dig that one. I really like the three AM songs that she put on there. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really good. Also, antihero. Um, Let's not forget about antihero. Antihero is fantastic. I really love Midnight Rain, to be honest with you. I like Midnight, Midnight Rain. Midnight Rain. It freaking scared me the first time I listened to it because the opening was so shocking. Like, I'm like, what is this? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah. it's. I really like that song. Um, so I just enjoyed the album overall. I really think she did really good um, mm-hmm. on it. 
like always. Um, she's like so close to having the top 10 be all her on the Billboard top 100 charts. She's so close. She has like nine out of the 10 spots right now. I mean, she might It's be wild. she might be close because I'm sorry. Now I got like anti-hero stuck in my head. Anto here is very good. I really like that song. And also, Um, I think I think it was you said a TikTok of of um the actor from you did like one I think where he was like uh, plenty of stuff. Uh, uh, Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> It's Sorry. funny. It's 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 really good. But yeah, no, I, I really dug that album and stuff. And I think anti I just hero. love watching reactions to the album. They're so fun. Um, I, I don't know why they're so chaotic. They're all a little bit chaotic, but there's a lot of fun to watch. Um, Oh yeah. but yeah, I mean, she's definitely has another hit on her hands, which is not surprising. I think she's really kind of nailed down like how to do it now because she's been doing it for so long now and she's just really good. Yeah, I'm no, glad no. she gave us a warning for this one though. I appreciate that because when she dropped Folklore and Everwore just Yeah. randomly, like it was a little bit too much. It was. And I, She I got think... a little bit of a heads up of this one. Yeah, yeah. Be like, hey, y'all, I'm delivering a new album. I'm not going to do the whole same shit that I did with Folklore and stuff because seriously, like what happened with Folklore was. Okay, give you guys a couple of months so that way you can get do whatever you got to do, get a time off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, no, process, process <laughs> it in. Process it in. it's Because funny. I, but yeah, no, but yeah, no. I, I, dug the, I dug the album as well and stuff. Yeah, it's I, I was I've been listening to it like nonstop pretty much since this came out, just in the car or whatever. I, Yeah. I, I at least like take like certain songs and I listen to it. I know, but like, I just, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I want to go more into it, but I also don't want to go into celebrity talk, Okay. um, but we'll, we'll do, we'll do that off camera. This is something we'll do off. We'll do something. <laughs> we'll do that off the air, but It yeah. was, no, but it's fun. I definitely, I know that ever not ever, like, I know that some people might not be into Taylor Swift and her music, but I just, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, We no, won't no, bore you guys too much, but yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely. But yeah, well, anyways, that does it for our show this week, actually. yeah, so feel free to follow us on all the social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Combo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. Anyways, take care, y'all. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, guys. Have a good time. Be safe. Have fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Be safe, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.